during this pandemic, Jackson State University has made bold and necessary steps to protect our student athletes. In hopes to get our fans back in the stands, we ask for our Tiger family support. You can donate today to the COVID-19 Athletic Relief Fund. Your donation will assist in the funding of financial support for student athletes, recruiting, and loss of revenue due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you for all contributions, and remember, we be blue. Donate at GoJSUTigers.com forward slash give. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 63 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. I'm joined today by Charles Bishop. Charles, what's going on? Hey, what do you say, D-Court All right, we also have Neely. What's going on, Neely? Man, cannot complain, D. Corey C. Great to be with you. You as well, Chuck. No doubt about it. All right, you bet. Well, fellas, we're getting close to that time. Uh, we're going to be naming a new uh, football coach here in the near future. And, you know, it's just the wheels have been turning in my head. I've been kind of uh, looking forward and also just looking back and reflecting on some of our past hires and just kind of cr- keeping my fingers crossed, hoping that we, we get it right this time, so to speak. And I know we talked about that on the previous episode. But as I was, was reflecting, it took me back to – a name that was just very polarizing, very controversial uh, amongst the, the Jack State fan base, and another than good old Coach Rick Comedy. <laughs> Starting to think <laughs> about him, <laughs> and, and whenever you bring up that name, uh, you, you start to hear about the the Comedy curse, quote unquote. So I don't know if that's a thing, if that's real, or if it, I don't know if it's a curse or a coincidence. So <laughs> want to kind of <laughs> pick y'all's brain and let's talk through this once and for all, and uh, just see if we can kind of come to some sort of uh, conclusion on. on on that decision and what has transpired uh, since then. Of course, uh, Rick, Coach Comedy was uh, on Lynch Street for eight years, and he compiled a, an overall 56-35 and 35 record, going 49-19 and 19 in conference play, uh, three SWAC title game appearances, and, of course, he, he won his long championship at Jackson State back in 2007. Now, he was let go after an 8-4 and four record. So, you know, for, I guess first and foremost, Neely, what were your initial thoughts back back when comedy was initially let go? Well, you know, uh, uh, my my personal initial thoughts is having an understanding of the mechanisms uh, of coaching. It's almost like being in politics, you know, a will and pleasure position. Even if there's a contract, contracts can be bought out. So I, I think coaches understand, particularly at that level and higher, uh, that that can happen at the end of, of any season or between seasons or even in the middle of seasons. So I wasn't, you know, so shocked about uh, the decision because I think there there had merits for him to stay and there was merits for him to go. And if you would have polled, you know, the JSU barbershop fan base uh, the, on the day that was announced, 
I'd imagine 55, 45, you know, depending on, on who you ask and what location you're in at what time. And, and I think this whole notion of a curse comes about with the decisions after Comedy. Mm. You know, had, had the next coach gotten it right and the arrow shot up, you wouldn't have people talking about a curse. Or if the coach after that had gotten it right or the coach after <laughs> that had gotten it right. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's this curse is really – is really steeped in, you know, not some some voodoo that letting go of comedy has been put on 1400 Lynch Street. It's been in our decision making, you know, since that time. No doubt about it. I think, Corey, to answer that, I I, I wasn't um, too shocked, but I, it still caught me by surprise. But I, I think to, to Neely's point, um, I think if you had polled the majority of Jackson State fans around that time, that that's the, those percentages are about right, you know, 55, 45, depending on, on where you stood with Coach Comedy. And uh, I think kind of the winds of change uh, in terms of, of looking at his, uh, his coaching record and, you know, fans, we are, what have you done for me lately? Uh, the 2012 uh, SWAC championship that, that lost to Arkansas Pine Bluff, you know, uh, that one sticks out in a lot of people's minds a lot more than the 2013 SWAC championship loss, mm -hmm. uh, the infamous game where, where the young man was out of bounds. But uh, it was something about that 2012 SWAC championship and the tide, the, the good tidings around Coach Comedy's uh, uh, coaching tenure, it, it kind of began to turn with some of the fan base. And and and, and Neely, like you mentioned, I mean, it, it is the ultimate what have you done for me lately sort of profession. And I, I think for in a lot of people's minds, those those last two SWAC championships they really stick out. Yeah, Chuck, and and, and you know, and to that, uh, that relationship capital with your fan base, and I think this is something that's probably more pronounced in HBCUs, and and because Jackson State fourteen hundred Lynch Street is the more pronounced of HBCUs, then it's even higher there that the fan base has a. It's not just a what have you done for me lately as far as your season. It is what is your relationship with me? How well do we get along mm. with you? And and I think that there was some some rub with Comedy and the fan base and the way that he managed himself or the program or just personality. Not that he's a bad guy, and and not that that the fan base you know has unrealistic expectations. I just think there was always some some chemistry mm. issues, and they and they they boiled to a head, and that's why you had people that even though you just were eight and four. Uh, that, no, we don't like you anymore. Yeah. And that's one of the tough parts about coaching on 1400 Lynch Street in Jackson State is that that relationship that you have, the personality ebb and flow with the with the fan base, it is just as crucial yeah. as your record. Good point. Excellent point. All right, great point. And, and my stance, whenever I talk to people about this whole, you know, comedy curse, and I look at it from a standpoint of uh, not that it was necessarily the wrong decision, I think that the decisions that were made after that in terms of the, the hires that we made after we let go comedy, I think those were the wrong decisions. So do you guys ever look back? We always always say hindsight is 2020. So do you ever look back in hindsight and say, okay, well, that was a bad decision, even if you thought it was the right decision at that time? Well, I thought back then we made uh, strategic errors in terms of uh, just looking at recruiting. And if you remember back then, Corey, um, when Coach Comedy was let go, uh, the infamous, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the, the emphasis around the program was recruiting local. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I go back and look at press releases from back then, you know, the emphasis will be on recruiting Mississippi, recruiting Mississippi. Well, the winds of change had happened 
uh, I think, with the high school athlete in Mississippi uh, in terms of they not looking at going uh, to HBCUs or looking to go to Jackson State. Uh, I think if you take a look at some of our uh, sister schools around the conference, uh, or especially within Mississippi, they had already kind of broadened their horizons in terms of, of recruiting. And it wasn't so focused on recruiting the state of Mississippi. I would make an argument that the Mississippi athlete at the time uh, was a pretty focused in some manner on getting to the SEC. Right. And we see the growth of junior colleges around that time. And now we take a look at it and, you know, there are, you know, at times four or five nationally ranked junior colleges in the state of Mississippi. Well, I would say kind of the growth of junior colleges started around that time. And for whatever reason, uh, the powers that be, uh, we did not read the tea leaves in terms of looking at the high school athlete in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, spot on, Chuck. And I think that some of the, the uh, alumni slash fan base uh, they were were dissatisfied that Comagy seemed to be building winning teams and not building a winning mm. program, uh, and that that some of the JUCO guys that we would go after, you know, and and you know you're going to win this year versus trying to recruit some guys from from Provine and you be able to win for four or five years, you know. So I, I think that 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 mechanism and that communication and that camaraderie and that same pageness, whatever you want to call it you know, add it to that regardless of record, it's time to make a change. And then the other issue is we started to show off with, you know, again, I understand we have contracts, but these are still some will and pleasure positions. If you're at odds with the president, if you're at odds with the athletic director and there's funding to buy you out, <laughs> you you can't be at odds with your boss. And and sometimes that, that has nothing to do with job performance as much as it just has to do with just personality. And, and I think Comagy got caught up in that wash yeah. more than anything. Uh, but, but one thing I want to point out, fellas, you know, if you just look at uh, Jackson State's uh, modern day, you know, records. And, and when I say modern day, I'm using, you know, this term to define, you know, coaches or players or personalities that are still alive and with us today. You know, so it, it, let's let's go back mm -hmm. to, to Rod Page and let's talk about mm -hmm. coaching and personality. You don't have a person deeply connected to Jackson State that does not have fond, respectful, and admiration memories of Rod Page. I don't care if yeah. it's from his coaching days to being the head of Secretary of Education for the Nation to Superintendent of Houston Schools to being our interim president, you know, back on campus. But because of his personality and his swag and his and him being true blue and a Jacksonian, people forget that Rod Page had a mm -hmm. losing swag record. Yeah, it's not discussed, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it is it's absolutely it's absolutely not attached to his name because of him. And if you just come up the coaching tree, so to speak, Chuck, you know, when you look at, at Bob Hill's SWAC record, 22-7-1, there's nothing about that record that says W.C. Right. Gordon should have ever gotten a job because Bob Hill was winning. And if you look at W.C. Gordon's SWAC record, 79-21, and 21, there's nothing about that record that suggests Big Daddy Carson mm -hmm. should have gotten a job. Mm -hmm. He was winning. Then you had Carson, 38 and 12 in the swag, winning. You had Hughes, 20 and 5 in the swag, winning. So I think there's something that the fan base has to look at. It's like maybe this isn't the comedy curse as much as it is the, uh, the Judge Hughes curse. Because, <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> you know, you, you, you got rid of Hughes at – 
You got rid of Hughes at 20 and five in the swag, and you bring in James Bell, who goes seven and 16 in the swag. And you fix that with a comedy. We get a championship. And, and, and frankly, fellas, you know, if you follow Bell, that, that, you, yeah. you got no place to go but up, you know. So, you know, comedy took us from eight and 23 with Bell. And, and then, as, as, as Corey's pointing out, comedy is 56 and 35, I think. Uh, and, and so we had some success with that. And, and I think that, you know, when, when you look at the coaching decisions made since letting Hughes go, and put the asterisk by comedy instead of attributing the curse to comedy is probably more of a judge Hughes curse. Well, wow. you know, that, that's a, a great point that you make. And nobody ever really talks about uh, that time period that judge Hughes uh, took over uh, Jackson state's program. And, 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 and that's part of, I, I guess the issue sometimes with the fan base around Jackson state, you know, and we joke about it, but you know, the standard is the standard. And around that time, you know, with seven and four uh, uh-huh. seven and four records were was just not acceptable. You know, a couple of things that really happened when 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 Judge Hughes just let go is kind of that coaching tree that we talk about from Rod Page to Bob Hill to the WC to Big Daddy. It was broken, and mm. we still have not, uh, you know, mm, great reclaimed point. some of those fans that really grew up and are dying in the wool Jackson State hardcore fans. Um, and and that's something that not too not too many people really talk about in terms of uh, you know we we say the comedy curse but really that's a great point Chris we can go back to the, that's kind of more of a Judge Hughes curse yeah and you know I I hadn't looked at that from a connectivity standpoint of that coaching tree and 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 then Chucky let me let me add this to your pot of gumbo that you you got simmering over there and your room is getting dark uh, uh, when you when you look at at, at even the motivation to bring in a Harold Jackson, that motivation was directly attached to let's get back to the roots of having a Jacksonian football kind of guy, you know, come in. And and what I think it spells score for us going forward is, is that you've got to look for a guy that brings all of these things to the table. We can't just go get a person and their biggest claim to fame is that they played at Jackson State or they played under this particular coach. You've got to get somebody, you know, because keep in mind now, we brought in Tony Hughes strictly for recruiting. Yeah. Strictly for recruiting. The James Bell era and part of the comedy era and then, of course, the Jackson era era had changed and mixed in what you were saying, Chuck, earlier about now Mississippi kids have a pipeline to the Mm -hmm. SEC through JUCOs that we had to get back to being able to recruit the state of Mississippi. So we brought in a guy with that Mm -hmm. single focus. And that single focus didn't work. So I think with all of this curse, whether it's the comedy curse or the Judge Hughes curse, it lets you know you got to get somebody that brings more than one thing to the table, but also somebody that has a personality and a charisma that can endear that fan base and get them to buy in and stick with them. Because just one thing so is not going to get it done. Really is it has to be a, a culture fit. In, in terms of yes. uh, well said culture fit because yeah. what was what was Hughes he was uh he was running about I guess seven and four mm-hmm. you know when he was yeah. let go seven and four eight and four somewhere around same thing with like big day like and and you know as as, as and Corey has through the life of this podcast has always talked about you know JSU and 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 what we strive for and Chuck is always talking about the standard and the standard being a standard and we had approached the time that just think about this fellas. We were letting coaches go right. because they were eight and four. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> and, 
and now we have coaches who are four and eight and eight and twelve and five and five. You know, we would love to get eight and four again. You know, uh, uh, so I just think that you're right, Chuck. It just it speaks to the culture just as much as that winning record does. That you you've got to have that culture of buy in, and you've got to be. It doesn't mean you have to have a degree from Jackson State or be in the coaching degree. Because let's keep this in mind, fellas. W.C. Yeah, Gordon is a Tennessee man. State guy. Okay. Uh, teach. <laughs> you know, uh, but right. we don't look at him right. as a Tennessee State guy. <laughs> you know, he's a JSU guy. So you don't have to be from here to be from here. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that we just got to find that right person that fits like that. And I and I and I, I trust the leadership. Yeah, no doubt it. about it. And you made a great point. You don't have to be from here uh, to be uh, from here, uh, so to speak. Right. I mean, it, it has to be a culture fit. I mean, if we kind of take a look at Tony Hughes, and, and I would make this argument that uh, in terms of uh, that hire, and, and it was, you mentioned it uh, strictly about recruiting, but I would argue uh, that uh, he had made a career off recruiting against Jackson State. And so it's it's kind of hard to, you know, kind of do that complete 180 mm-hmm. now and say, okay, I'm part of you guys now, and, you know, I'm going to be recruiting for you. And, you know, we saw how that kind of worked out. So, uh, I mean, the, the culture fit of whomever this next coach uh, uh, is, uh, it really has to be uh, something that I, hopefully our fan base can really galvanize in behind. And you make a great point. You don't exactly have to be from the Jackson culture to be of the Jackson culture and to learn it and to appreciate it and to respect it and to really grow your fan base mm-hmm. from it. Yeah, well said, Absolutely. well said. And just going back to those records that you mentioned, uh, Neely, you brought up some some interesting points. And uh, we talked about that standard as well, uh, which Chuck always talks about. And again, just looking at, at Comedy's record, I'll go back to it. 56 and 35, okay, 49 and 19 in the conference, uh, and let go after an eight and four season. Now, let's say you're on the outside looking in. You're not a Jacksonian. You're just, you don't have a dog in the fight. You're just looking at a coach with that resume. And for him to be let go, I can see how surprising that would be. So when I'm talking to the fans from other schools, you know, they just can't fathom it. They don't understand how you could make a move like that with the coach who had those many wins. But I try to always explain that it's just a, a matter of there being a higher standard and expectation on Lynch Street. If you're at a school where you're used to five, five wins, three wins, seven wins, then, yeah, you're looking at seven, eight wins. And obviously you, that's where you want to be. But we felt like we could be in a better place. So would you kind of agree with that with that idea? I would wholeheartedly agree with that idea. Uh, I, I think that, and this is no disrespect to other schools within the SWAC or other HBCU schools in general, I do think that there is a certain confidence, a certain even arrogance that it comes to being attached mm. to 1400 Lynch Street and anything short of perfection or the pursuit of that excellence or the commitment to that excellence is is going to get you in trouble in the long run. Uh, and so eight and four and you win a swag championship is one thing eight and four and you're losing swag championships is another. So these other schools that have had, you know, turmoil in their programs for longer periods of time uh, uh, for, for deeper uh, uh, impacts as far as negativity and they've been able to overcome it. You know, let's, let's keep in mind guys in our sports lifetime. And I'm not talking about, we were in elementary school. I'm talking about as adults, Mm. you had alumni fan base, from Alcorn up here protesting in the city of Jackson in the streets about a coaching change. Let's keep in mind that at Grambling, you had alumni and fan base boycotting programs, boycotting games, not showing to games, demanding changes in their program. And I say this to say, 
that it worked. Look at the success of the programs after they took those stands because they embraced that, you know, the standard has to be higher than what it is. You know, we 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 mock Gremlin for for not showing up for our homecoming and all the things they did their program. It worked. We mock Alcorn for what they did as far as protesting who was going to be their coach or whatnot. It worked. And so I think that any organization, any organization that embraces that the standard has to be higher and, and, a, and less than that standard is unacceptable, you're going to end up being successful more times than you're unsuccessful. And so I agree with you, Corey, that that that, that commitment that that standard of JSU is going to be unwavering and the next person is going to have to meet it or they're not, you know, people will say, oh, you can't change coaches every two or three years, but you also can't mm. keep somebody that doesn't fit mm. your culture for 10 years. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just as damaging. So you have to make these decisions, you know, that are they're in the best interest of the longevity institution. And, and you can't sit up and say, well, you can't change coaches every three years. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to keep Harold Jackson longer at four and eight and swag, or you can't change coaches every two years. So we're going to keep Tony Hughes longer at eight and 12 in the sack, or we, we can't co- change coaches every two years. So we're going to keep John Hendrick mm-hmm. at five and five in the swag. At some point, you know, <laughs> Hey gentlemen, you can't <laughs> dig your way out of hole. The only way to get out of hole is to put the shovel down. <laughs> right. So if you want to get out of hole, stop digging. And, and what we have been doing with our past three coaches, it hadn't been that we haven't given them time or it hadn't been that, that you know, we had these ridiculous standards. It's we were trying to dig our way out of a hole. And hopefully this next coach puts the shovel down and starts mm. filling in the hole Great. instead of digging Great it deeper. Point. You know, it, you, you, can't, you can't waste time getting out of a bad situation, yeah. Yeah. you know. And, and you know, uh, another aspect that I kind of take a look at is, you know, and, and, a, and a significant portion of your season ticket fan base really grew up on this this standard, this standard, this brand of Jackson State football, uh, this 28-game win streak, uh, Jackson State, uh, that, you know, that came about during the 80s. And, and Chris, you and I, we, we grew up in Jackson. <laughs> you know, you, to talk about a cultural fit, mm-hmm. I mean, literally when I say – the day was centered around Jackson State football. Mm. Uh, whether you start getting ready at, at one o'clock, two o'clock for a seven thirty kickoff, you know the night game, and you were there at the stadium at four, and you went in early, you waited for the boom to come in. It was an event, and that is a significant portion of your fan base uh, that are season ticket uh, paying customers now, and they want to get back that to that in the worst way. And like you said, uh, you know, hopefully the next hire. Uh, they put the shovel down and they start filling in the hole versus uh, keep digging, you know? So that's, that's a tremendous analogy. Chuck, you, you are about to take us down the road, man, that, that, that we can stay on and do a deeper dive in some future shows. When you talk about just that, that generational impact of being mm. in and around Jackson, you know, so if you look at, if you look at uh, uh, 2013, okay? so we're going into 2014 and then you look at 2020, and we're now we're going into 2021, right? So you're talking about a seven-year span. So here's what I want you guys to think about. There's a kid in Metro Jackson, Mississippi, who was in the sixth grade in 2014, has now graduated from high school and does not associate winning with Jackson State wow. football. That's that's significant. And when you put it in that, that frame. Now, if you don't understand, if we can – 
<laughs> if we can all agree, if we can all agree, I, I love our engineering school, our STEM programs, our magnificent school of business where I got my marketing degree. I love all those things. However, athletics and the sonic boom of the South are the front door of the university. And if those things do not appear to be successful, it pushes students from right here in Metro Jackson that have their first taste of JSU through football. It pushes them mm -hmm. to other places. So you have had middle school students go through middle school, high school students go through high school, and they are now going into their freshman year of colleges. And if you poll them about Jackson State football, they don't associate it with winning. Because since they were in the sixth grade, we've been four and eight in the swag, eight and 12 in the swag, five and five in the swag. And for somebody to tell me we're changing coaches too much, <laughs> you know, we probably didn't change <laughs> I mean, that's, them fast enough. That's a uh, and so that I'm, I'm hopeful that this, that this next <laughs> – it is. And I'm hoping that this next coach can get this right. And, and so these sixth graders that are in, in sixth grade in 2021, by the time they're graduating high school, that if they have matriculated and grown up in the city limits of Jackson, just around Mississippi, that they mm. grew up like you and I, Chuck. We grew up with, with Bob Hill and W.C. Gordon. And there is no way you don't grow up and become a Jack State fan with Bob Hill and W.C. Gordon. And you had that same thing with Big Daddy Carson right. and Judge Hughes. Uh, but, but 2013, the end of comedy, so to speak, to now, we haven't put that taste in folks' mouth associating us with achievement and winning. So yeah, we've got to get back I mean, to that. I just kind of laugh about it. I mean, I literally can go through and just keep naming players. I mean, I mean, my first memories are Keith Taylor at quarterback, you know, Larry Cowan, Lewis Tillman. You know, the list goes on and on. Dietrich, <laughs> you know, and I would love, just like you said, for that, that fourth, fifth, sixth grader, that they get that taste, that winning taste of Jackson State football because the city is different. I think we can all, you know, just uh, acknowledge that, that there is a buzz, there is a hum to the city when Jackson State football is is in the good graces of all. I think it's an economic boom uh, for the city of Jackson. And it's, it's just something about being in Jackson when Jackson State football is clicking on all cylinders. You know, Chuck, as a marketing guy and a business guy, I would love to one day do a deep dive on the number of restaurants or small businesses that between 2014 and 2019 closed because of Harris wow. and Tony Hughes. Wow. And Andrew, that would be interesting when you talk about the economic impact, because because the, the truth is, if you just looked at the hotel mm. occupancies, take out homecoming. Or the every other year when Southern is here, you, you take out those big money, big travel games, and I bet you there was a drop off in the economic engine that that college football yeah. creates for Jackson. So everybody, state of Mississippi, Hines County, city of Jackson, everybody has a vested interest in the success of JSU football. No well, doubt. I tell you it. what, I don't envy Ashley Robinson one bit in terms of trying to get this next hire right, but uh, I, I think you know it speaks to. Uh, the excitement I think some fans have around Jackson State football in terms of of having somebody who grew up and 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 knows that Jackson State brand, you know, not necessarily Jackson State alone, but but is uh, knows the importance of Jackson State football to the city of Jackson in terms of trying to get this hard work. That uh, that kind of leads me to my my, my mm -hmm. next thing, my next question: Could it finally be over? Whether it's the comedy curse or the comedy coincidence, whatever it is. Could it finally be, uh, you know, about to come to an end with this next hire? Uh, AD Ashley Robinson told Joe Cook of Channel 16 a couple days ago that 
Uh, he expects an announcement on the next head coach within the next 15 days. So that's literally any day now, and I <laughs> I cannot sleep. I'm just waiting <laughs> for, this, for this to drop. So could, could this finally be it, fellas? I think it is. Uh, I, I, I believe that in the leadership of A.D. Robinson and all that he brings to the table, if I look at his track record uh, at JSU and before JSU and the people he selected to be coaches, I believe he'll get this right. But I also believe this, Corey, that, that more now than ever, that this is not just on the responsibility of the A.D. or the Department of Athletics for this coach to be successful, that we as fans, we as alums, we as current students, as business people who are part of the economic engine that 1400 Lynch Street keeps going, we all have a vested mm. interest in, in the success of this next coach. So no matter who this coach is, no matter what they bring to the table, for us to break the comedy curse or the comedy coincidence, it means us joining with the AD and doing everything that we can do to help them be successful instead of stepping back and saying, okay, right. let's see if this is going to I think work. I said this on another radio show uh, in terms of, uh, Neil, you mentioned it, the track record and the excitement that he brought to uh, his, his former school at Prairie View. I mean, uh, by all accounts, he made two hires, uh, especially on the football side of things, uh, that really generated a tremendous amount of excitement in the Prairie View A&M football. So uh, now that we have him over here at Jackson State, uh, he has my trust uh, to go forward in terms of uh, creating that same amount of buzz, that same amount of excitement. And it also helps that he <laughs> kind of grew up in this culture uh, in terms of learning uh, what Jackson State and, and, and the city of Jackson, the, the simpatico relationship between Jackson and Jackson State, it means quite a bit to get this hire right. So I have all the trust in him to go forward doing that. All right. Well, I look forward to uh, hopping back on with you guys the minute that announcement is made. No doubt about it. Looking forward to it, my man. <laughs> hey, we <laughs> will be here. <laughs> Bated breath. <laughs> All right. And that'll do it for episode 63 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love.
Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save 